Hey, 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 we are back again. It's been two weeks and we're very happy to be back with a new podcast episode. Finally, episode number 22. And we were away actually at a friend's wedding and then we've been back. We've been with friends, with family. What have we been up to, babers? Yeah, hanging out with family a lot. I was out of the US for nine months because of the lockdown. So we originally came back just to be with family because it's been so long. And then a friend's wedding popped up. So we made that happen. And yeah, trying to juggle friends and family and give them the most amount of attention as possible. Which is actually super relevant to today's topic. And Mariah, tell us what today's topic is. Today's topic is no new friends. No new friends. We've all heard it (laughs) in songs. And you know, people love using that in their Instagram captions and whatever with their day ones. Hashtag no new friends. But we're about to rain on your parade. Yep, because it sounds super cool to be like no new friends or to not want to invest in your friendships or even in family relationships and stuff like that. But we're going to give you a perspective that you might not have heard before and I think is really interesting to actually hear because we're going to connect a Harvard study to it and I think you're going to love it. Yeah, and your dad, I actually originally heard this from your dad Mm -hmm. in one of his seminars. Should we just kick it off and start? Yeah, let's dive in. Okay, so he would tell me that it's about you need to have a large amount of friends and people. It's about quantity, not so much quality. Like first quantity, then quality. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking that doesn't sound right. It's quality over quantity. Mm. And then after going back and forth with him forever, he finally explained to me, if you have more of something, then you can have more quality of it as well. Yes. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I've been operating on that. And then you just showed me a TED Talk done with a Harvard study, and you can talk about that, but it goes with it perfectly of what your dad said. Yes, so just to answer to that first point, because imagine if you only met five people in a year. What are the odds of it being a quality friendship out of those five? But if you met 50, you might find one or two gems in there. When you have quantity, you have more odds of getting the quality. But the Harvard study, basically what it's saying is it's the longest running study of all time or one of the longest running studies in the world where it's been running for 80 years. Usually studies don't run for 80 years because the researchers either drop off the program or the people that they're studying drop off the study. Or they lose funding. They lose funding. Different things like that can happen where it's just not possible to run a study for 80 years. So this one's been running for 80 years, three generations. And what they did is they took people from Harvard, uh, Harvard students, but they also took people from Boston's poorest areas and they studied their entire lives to just learn about them and how they develop and what paths they take. One of them became a US president, funny enough, by total coincidence. And they looked at what can they find in common in these people and what makes their health, their happiness, their wealth, their general success, what makes it what is the determining factor essentially in it? Yeah, I think this the study started off, they asked what people wanted mostly and it was like fame and wealth. That's right. Yes. And so they were studying what makes someone famous or wealthy. I mm-hmm. think that's how it started. You're right, yeah. And then that's when it went into like the quality of life and like what makes someone successful and what makes someone not, exactly. I think, right? Yeah, that's right. So I think that what is the most fascinating is what they found and it ties so perfectly into the Adventure Continues podcast because what they found is is that relationships are the determining factor for your health, 
your wealth, your success, your bodily functions, your brain, everything. Mm -hmm. And your emotions. Yeah, and your emotions. So it's interesting that what they did is they took these people and they checked in with them. They know them now at 80 years old and they studied them, studied them, studied them. And they saw that basically they could tell if a person was going to be healthy or not at 80 by specific characteristics at 50 and earlier in age. And they said that their cholesterol, none of their like medical things affected their health and stuff at 80 as much. Exactly. It had nothing to do at the end of the day with cholesterol, blah, blah, blah. It had to do again with their relationships. So what were the three major things they found? And this is so, so groundbreaking for anyone studying about relationships. So the first thing they found is that the number of social connections you have, the more longevity you will have. So if you know one person in your community versus knowing 5, 10, 20, the one who knows 20 is going to have more longevity than the guy or girl who only has one social connection. Yeah, so Social connections are family, friends, co-workers, teammates, gym buddies. Yeah, exactly. Those are so many different categories and you might even have more depending on what your environment is. But the more you can be connected to people around you, the better for you. The second thing that they found is that it's the quality of the relationships as well. So all good to have quantity. But now, as Mariah said at the beginning, now start working on the quality of them. Mm -hmm. And I feel like people had already known that like deep down people know that quality friendships and relationships are important I think that's why people say no new friends because mm -hmm. they have their quality group of friends and they think that's all they need right but it's actually first quantity and then quality yeah exactly and if you think about it in life at the beginning it starts with quantity you go to like kindergarten or you start school and there's a quantity of people and you hone down to quality friends which is fantastic but you can't just stop there because life continues and you change environments and you join new groups and you go and work new places. So you need to keep that quantity going so you continue to grow and have friends. I think that there's a factor that people think about which they think if I have too many quality friends, then it will reduce the quality of everyone. So I just want to focus on like a few people. There is a way to do it where you can still have quantity and quality because that's the key to actually having longevity and health and success. Yeah, and I think it's something that you build up to or have to learn in a way, you know? I think mm -hmm. it's like a higher responsibility level. In my opinion, it's easy to have two quality friends and that's it. Yeah. Like that to me is like super easy. Sit it's back. Yeah, it's hard to have a lot of friends and then put quality into them. So I think a lot of people kind of like shy away from that responsibility. But obviously it comes with big reward, just like with anything. The more responsibility you have, the more freedoms, the more rewards you have, the more money. So yes. it applies to friendships. And I just want to say something else is I noticed, I hear people say that oh, I miss high school days. It was so fun. And like now it's not as fun. Like I had so many great memories in high school. And I wonder if it has to do with this Mm. thing of like because you do have so many friends you're forced to have so many connections and then you get out of school and you only keep like three of them yeah you know because for me i have to say i feel like i have more friends in high school and i feel that i have more fun now than i did in high school well yeah i think that that's right because if you want to be mediocre you just stick to your few friends but if you want to do something above and beyond you invest into them and like you said you can have more fun than your high school even in the ted talk he says look I understand it's not easy and it's a lifelong job. You do it for life, developing friendships. But 
That's what it takes to have good health, to have good success, etc. Mm-hmm. And the last thing on this part is he said that people that were like in their 50s and retiring, the ones that replaced their coworker connections with other people like friends or I don't know, say you're getting older and you want to play cards and you do it in card team. However you replaced those friendships or those connections made your life happier, longer, healthier. Yes, it's so true. I mean, I even look at my grandma and she at 85, still has a group of friends that she goes and plays cards with and she made sure to invest in those friendships and she's doing amazing and it's really important to keep up the quantity and the quality even as you get older and as your life evolves and as you you change even leaving from high school to the work environment or college yeah I was gonna say if you leave high school or if you're leaving college make sure to replace those friendships that's exactly what I was gonna say and if you retire or you even change workplaces or you move to another country make sure you're replacing or adding to those friendships. Yeah, when I first got to Cape Town, South Africa, I knew almost no one. And the first thing I do was just quantity of people. I try to meet many, 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 many people and just establish myself. It was the first thing I did and it made such a difference. I knew the first thing I need to do is find people, find some quality, but it took quantity. Actually, a funny story is Gal messaged so many people when he first got to Cape Town, messaged them on Facebook, like lots of girls and stuff. And I remember like years into us dating, someone would message him and be like, oh, I... I realized that you messaged me four years ago and I didn't respond or something, remember? Yeah, funny enough, it wasn't, it was before we had met, there was this one friend who I ended up being really, really good friends with. And she said to me, you have no idea, it's so funny, but in 2011, I was looking back at Facebook messages, you randomly messaged me and I replied to be friendly, but you were just randomly like cold messaging me when you first got here. It took like two years later, we met on a totally different circumstance and became friends. But literally when I arrived, I just wrote to people hey, you look like a cool person I'd love to hang out with. Like, it was kind of, if I look back at it, like wild that I did that, but it's what it took to establish myself. So it works. And the aspect also of being lonely, if you're lonely, they talk about this in the study, being lonely is so bad for you, not just emotionally, but physically. So you got to do what you can to get out of loneliness. And that kind of brings us into the point three, which, you know, you can be in a marriage, but still lonely. So what they want to make sure is that you have quantity, you have quality, you're not lonely because you can, this is point three, you can count on the person when the going gets tough. Yeah. And this ties into quantity as well. Yeah. Because how, because I just want to explain this, because to me, again, the quantity did not make sense to me at first. But to count on someone, I can think of a million people that I would count on, but there's certain people that I would count on for specific things, Mm -hmm. you know? Like I wouldn't count on you for this, but maybe someone, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So you have to have quantity to then build quality, to then be able to count on someone for those specific things. Exactly. And you sometimes might even have uh, specific people that you count on for specific things. But the more you can count on people for whatever, like if I can count on Mariah when I need her for anything, that's the most important thing. And what they found that was super interesting is that this point also connects to your memory. So as people get older, they have memory loss, as we know. But the ones that had relationships that they could count on 
had less memory loss. It's crazy. Like they felt that the more they could count on the person, the better their relationship was, the better their health, the better their memory because they could count on them. And that doesn't mean he even said in the study, you might have little arguments, like little bickerings here and there. It doesn't mean that you have like a bad, rough, chaotic relationship. You know, old couples fight about little things. That's all good and well as long as you can actually count on the person when the going gets tough. Yes. So let's take a look at how you can improve the quantity, the quality, and how can you be a person that others can count on? So Mariah, do you have anything you wanna start off with for how can you increase the quantity? The first thing that pops into mind is being a yes man. So if you're invited to an event, even if you don't know anyone or you feel like it might not be your crowd or it could be awkward, say yes anyways, go show up, even if it's for a short bit of time, just show up, put your name out there, shake a few hands, meet a few people, and that's like a really great start. I love it. And my friend, one of my best friends, Anton, he always says, keep showing up. It's so important. Just show up. Maybe you want to leave 10 minutes later, but just go there and say hi to three new people and leave. Or maybe you like it and stay. But just going and meeting people is a quantity game. Yeah, and I don't want to jump to the third one of like how people can count on you, but then people start to count on you. You know mm. what I mean? You become someone to count on. Like I know with you with events, you would invite people and then they, they said they would show up and then they wouldn't. And then right. it's like a terrible feeling. It sucks. So like Adam is a great example of someone who we can invite him and he can have 10 other plans, but he's going to show up at least for five minutes yeah. and we won't feel like losers that no one showed up to our party. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Adam. But that's exactly right. And the other thing I would say for quantity, literally just make eye contact, say hi to people as you walk by them. Just smile at people. Even though you're not full on meeting them, believe it or not, that's communication out. That is quantity. You start speaking to somebody on the checkout line, whatever, just little conversations here and there is quantity. Yeah, and it just shows, like Al said, just showing that you see them there, you recognize them, you're like, okay, you exist, is a form of communication. And I feel like that's an obvious given one. Like you should always be aware of someone who's there, but you'd be surprised at how many people think they're too cool to, act like you exist unless you introduce yourself first. Yeah. It's like they're afraid of being denied or you know what I mean? Yeah. You can be an example for somebody who creates a, a nice friendly environment of just speaking to people around you. And if they don't want to, that's fine. But at least you put out communication. Yes. Now, the other way of quantity, and this is more in the love life, and this is something that my closest friends know I did. If you are going and trying to meet a girl or a guy, go out there and meet them. You're at a coffee shop, go speak to the girl. When I was little, this is what my friends know. When I was 13, 14, I used to go to the movies and I'd try to get girls' numbers and just speak to them. And I was not creepy about it. I would just go meet them, <laughs> get their number. And like my friends knew it, knew I did this. But honestly, I built up the courage to go speak to people that I don't know, to speak to girls that I don't know, to see if I can get a number. Usually nothing ever even happened beyond that. Like it, we would speak a little, but there was never a date or anything, but it was quantity. I would get good at meeting people which is important. Yeah, I feel like Newport Richie girls know of the select few guys that always DM every single girl and the girls are like, he's a little off, a little off, but every girl knows, oh, this person went into your DMs this week, okay. Yeah, I think I think it, you don't wanna go into like the man slut category. So when you are speaking to a girl, you can either just be speaking to her and give her this flow or like this energy of a friend, or you can give her this flow or this energy of like, I'm hitting on you. If you go and 
give out the flow and energy of I'm hitting you to 20 girls, they all feel it, they all talk about it, they all know about it. That doesn't work. What I'm saying is go and communicate to people with the flow of just friendship. Right now, just communicate how you're doing, super cool, blah, blah, blah. Just talk to people. And if you see that there's, they're also giving you some friendship, great. Communicate, communicate. And maybe it turns into more, maybe it doesn't. But don't go into the line of like promiscuity where it's like, I'm trying to hit on everything that moves. That's also maybe not the best thing. Yes. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> so the next thing is quality. How do you improve the quality of your friendships, relationships, love, etc.? A big one for me is when my friends share excitement of my achievements and things that I'm excited for. So I try to do that with my friends. If they're newly engaged or they got a promotion or they got a new job or they're just excited about like a new personal record that they beat or something. I love sharing that excitement with them and I feel like it builds the quality of the friendship. I love that. That's so true. Sharing in their triumphs and and just successes and things like that is fantastic. You can spend more time with your loved one by taking a walk. Or I have a friend, and what he was telling me is that him and his girlfriend take baths together, and it's not a sexual thing. That's just their way of when you're in a bath, you don't have a phone on you. They just sit in a bath, and they have quality conversation in a bath, and they do it once or twice a week. It's like their way of connecting. So that builds quality. So maybe you want to take a walk. Maybe you want to have a, a little date night. Those are quality ways to build up your your love, your connection with your girlfriend, husband, wife, you name it. Wow, this is major. I just want to say that Gal's giving this tip because in the beginning of our relationship, quality time was not in Gal's vocabulary. His True. idea of quality time was like, let's get as many friends together as at once and we're killing 20 birds with one stone, we can all hang out. And I was like, that's not how quality time works. It needs to be more one-on-one. -on -one. Very true. I was actually more of a quantity guy, funny enough. Yeah. I mean, even with his friends, like his friends would come into town and I was like, you should just have your boy time. And he's like, no, 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 they won't care. Like have them come or come, come, come. And then I would come in the beginning. And then I got to the point where I was like, I can tell that I thought maybe it was just a guy thing that like guys don't want quality time, but that's just not true. Guys do want quality time as well. They just don't know it. Yeah, I didn't know about it. I, for me, it was definitely something that Mariah showed me. She showed me the whole world of quality time with people, even with my friends. Now I'll try to like go have one-on-one -on -one coffees and stuff like that just to actually catch up with them. But it's interesting because at the beginning, I didn't see quality time. My idea of quality was 10 people are all together. We all hang out. We all have a good time together. Isn't that good quality? No, I've learned that. So there's many ways of doing it in love. There's many ways of doing it in friendship. But what I suggest is go back to our friendship episode. It's called 13 ways to be a good friend. So find that and you'll kind of get some ideas of how to improve the quality there. Mm -hmm. So now let's go on to the third one. And the third one is having relationships that you can count on. So when the going gets tough, can you count on the person? Yeah, and I think the first step into that is being someone others can count on. Because if I'm someone that others can count on, they're gonna wanna repay the favor. Mm -hmm. And they're gonna wanna like be like, wow, I love this person so much. I can always count on them. I wanna be that person to them. Exactly. That's so true. It really, that's a big way of controlling that because it's hard to make sure that the other person, that you can count on them. I mean, obviously you wanna build equality and you see it in certain situations and you can explain it to them. But you setting the example is a great way to control that. 
Yeah, and I think once you have the quantity and then you have the quality, when you have the quality there, the quality is just how much love and affection you have for that person, how much you can relate on with that person, how rich your conversation is with that person. So once you have all of those things, I think just naturally it kind of goes into being someone that you can rely on. They know everything about you, they know how you tick, and they just have so much love for you that they want to be there for you and you want to do the same. And I think that's just kind of how it builds. Spot on. It's so true. And so how can we do that better for others so that they are better for us? And it's a beautiful upward spiral. I think the first thing is you want to be a safe person for people to speak to. So in other words, they need to know that if you're going to tell them a secret, that secret isn't going anywhere. They need to know that if they come to you and tell you something that is hard to tell, you're not gonna judge them. That if they come to you and say, look, I'm gay, that it doesn't change anything. That if they say to you, I did something really bad to my wife and I don't know how to handle it, that you're not gonna go and tell the wife, you're gonna help them so that they tell the wife, so that they get it handled. Yeah, a majority of the time when someone needs to rely on you for something, it's because it's a bit too much for them to handle, they can't confront it, maybe they're in trouble. And in those moments, isn't like the most bragging moments where you wanna like shout it from the rooftop. You're usually relying on that person because maybe you have no one else yeah so you need to be like that strong person and that's when your friendship is tested you need a friend when the going gets tough so that's when it's tested and just back to the secrets thing for example there's no exception if somebody tells me something and it's a secret I'm not gonna tell Mariah even if I tell Mariah everything why because somebody asked me to have it as a secret for them mm -hmm. and that's totally fine and your spouse should understand that as well because you would tell them but you're not doing it for the other person there was one time that early on when Mariah and I were dating I remember that her friend told her some kind of a secret and Mariah didn't tell me anything about the secret she just mentioned that there was something private and I was dying to pull it out of Mariah but I wouldn't have dragged it out of her because we both knew look it's a secret so even though it's so tempting to know and usually you tell each other everything with secrets you want to be someone that another can count on it's so important yes and I, I want to give this point and I don't want to sound like a parent about it but be an ethical person mm. you know you're not going to go to someone who's a thief and be like I need to count on you with money or you know like, you know what I mean? Or, or yeah. you, you have to be ethical in all aspects of life for someone to want to count on you. Absolutely. It's interesting because recently, I, growing up, I had a friend who all these random people would always ask him for advice. And I was like, I want random people to ask me for <laughs> advice. And it never happened. And we, it was like a known thing that I wanted that. And funny <laughs> enough, recently, acquaintances, people that I sort of know, or even people I've never met, but just know from social media, they come to me and ask for advice. And I love it because I want to assist people with that. And I think that the reason that they look at that is because they know that across different areas of my life, I'm ensuring that I'm ethical and that I can create results and that I can make a, a success or fix situations so they'd like to come to me. So that creates a safe person. I'm someone that they can count on even if they don't know me. But it's good to have people like that that you can count on. Yeah, I think for you is not only are you successful and you set an example, but you're ethical as well. And I think sometimes you see on social media or in movies, you can see maybe success, but it's done unethically. Mm -hmm. And then they're not really that successful, you know, and they have yeah. lots of other problems. And if you go to someone like that for advice, 
you know, you know when someone gives you bad advice, you know when it's unethical and it doesn't make you feel good and then you take it and then you get bad results. But yeah. with you, you can see that not only are you successful, but you also have ethics, which means there's no hidden bad stuff. Right. You know, you can't be ethical and successful and have bad stuff. No, that's impossible. Yeah. So I think people want to go with you because you have both and they know, oh, if I go to this person for advice, he's going to give me actual good advice that's going to help me rather than be like an easy fix. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that, Babers. Mm -hmm. So you can improve in that category by improving your own ethics. Don't do things by bending the rules. Don't try to cut corners. Don't try to hurt other people in the process. You are doing things that create the best good for the most number of people around you. So if you are going to come up with a solution that saves one million people but hurts one person, that's good because it saves a large number of people and only hurts a small number. So it's ethical. But if you're going to do something that makes you a ton of money but hurts 50 families, don't do it. Everything you do should be along the lines of, I'm going to do the most good for the most number of people with as little harm as possible to anyone around me. And those are the solutions you should be driving towards. And we can actually do a whole episode on that whole topic of how to find what's right and wrong, which we'll probably do in the near future. It's a good topic, actually. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's a few ideas on how you can be someone that people can count on. Be a safe environment. Keep it confidential. Don't judge them. Be ethical yourself and be willing to give them the time. Treat them like you would like to be treated. And it comes down to the little tiny things. Mm -hmm. A friend of ours posted this thing where this guy explains how the little ways of reacting to your spouse makes a total difference in the environment of your relationship. So for example, if Mariah comes to me with a meme that she found funny, right? It's something that she liked and she thought it would give me joy. This guy says there's a few ways you can react to the meme. You can not have any time for it and whatever. You can look at it and just kind of hmm, cool, funny and let the person go away. You can look at it and be like, why are you showing this to me? I'm busy. Or you can look at it and say, that's funny. Like actually give it attention and enjoy it. And if even if you didn't like it, you say, I didn't really find it funny, but I'm super glad you brought it to me. You give them that importance. Why? Because they cared enough to show you something that was important to them. It made them happy and you reacted to it in a way that made them feel good. So that creates someone that you can count on. Why would I show Mariah stuff if I know that she's going to act like passively aggressively to me about it? Like, why are you showing me this? I'm busy or whatever. No, if she likes what I show her, no matter if it's a meme or if it's a conversation about my day, if she gives me that time of day, it creates a safe environment. I love that. That's a great thing. I want to see that. Thank you. I'll show you. It's a cool video. And if anybody wants to see it, I'll find it and uh, show you guys. But anyway, those are a few ideas. So again, remember guys, quantity, quality, and have people around you that you can count on and be someone that people can count on. That will result in physical health, mental health, good memories, success, wealth, and just all around growth and longevity. So practice those, try to get new friends. <laughs> Remember to listen to our 13 Ways to Be a Good Friend podcast. Absolutely. And what else, Babers? I think that's a wrap. That's about a wrap. So if you haven't yet, please subscribe, please share, add this to your stories, DM us what you think about this. It means a lot every time we hear from you guys. I hope you enjoyed your two-week break, but yeah. don't get too used to it. <laughs> We're going to be back. And thank you so, so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your listenership. The adventure continues. <laughs>